You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Well, the Lord spoke to me about a message that I need to share tonight. And I must tell you, I had quite a difficulty doing this because it's one of these subjects that you don't often hear so regularly in church. It's not that it doesn't get mentioned or, or preached, but you don't hear it as often. And especially with everything we're going through right now in South Africa, I kept asking the Lord, Lord, you want me to talk about something else? You want me to talk on faith? And I just didn't feel any peace. And then I'm like, Lord, you want me to, to talk against fear? And I didn't feel any peace. And I just kept coming back to the same subject. As I was busy looking at the subject, I realized like this is what God wants me to talk about. And the subject is shame. My message today is entitled, Overcoming Shame. Come on, say that, Overcoming Shame. I want to ask you, has anyone here ever done something that you're ashamed of? Will you be willing to lift your hand? Anyone ever done something that you're ashamed of? Okay, what we're going to do for the next five minutes is we're going to share it with the person next to you. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> you're like, I, that is somewhere in the Bible, isn't it? It says, confess your sins to one another that you might be healed. Okay, but that's not what we're going to do right now. Someone was like, uh, which one am I going to say? Like, you know, the one that wasn't so bad. But let me just say this. For those of you watching online, it's such a privilege to have you with us. For those of you in your campuses, we love you and we believe that God is going to speak right to you right there in your seat. So, yeah, I'm not going to embarrass anyone today, but I do believe that God's going to bring freedom. When I think about the subject of shame, it's one of the things that can paralyze us. It's one of the things that can slow us down in our walk with God. It's one of the key elements that the enemy uses to hurt us as believers. Now, you might say to me, Judah, where does shame even originate from? Well, shame is one of those things that was there right in the beginning. Like, beginning. Come on, say, in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word, okay, no, not there, but just a little bit after that. Honestly, just a little bit further in the book of Genesis, and I'm going to show you what happened, because just before you put up the Scripture, I want you to see today the difference between before shame was in the earth and after shame was in the earth. And you're going to realize in your life that something happened before shame was in your life, and something happened after shame was activated by the enemy in your life. And today I'm going to give you the tools to be set free from shame. Are you ready for that? Are you excited about that? I believe someone's going to be really just released of a burden, a heaviness of shame tonight. And I want to pray over that. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for every single person under the sound of my voice. Lord, I know this message is from heaven, and I know you've called every single person here today to hear this message. Those watching online, Father, you have a plan and a purpose of setting people free. Lord, you have already set them free over 2,000 years ago. But today I believe they will claim that freedom. Today I believe they will walk in that freedom. And today I believe they will let go of the bondage of shame and condemnation in Jesus' name. And everyone who's ready, say amen. So I told you shame started right in the beginning. So let's go to the beginning in the book of Genesis. Genesis 25 verse, 22 verse 5. The Bible says, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Okay, so Adam and his wife were naked and felt no shame. That was right there in the beginning. Right in the beginning, Adam and Eve were completely naked, and they had no shame. 
We know that the serpent came very soon after that and tempted them. What happened after that was they realized, the Bible says their eyes opened after they took of the fruit, and all of a sudden they saw themselves in a way that they've never seen themselves. Can you imagine this for a moment with me? No shame. Absolutely no shame. You do something, and all of a sudden that feeling comes upon you. You know what shames feel like. That feeling of guilt. That feeling of suppression. That feeling of, I'm not good enough. The feeling of, I'm a bad person. And I look on the stage, and all of a sudden I see green leaves. And it makes me think of what Adam and Eve must have thought. I can hide from God because of what I now see, which I never saw. Imagine you could go in life and not feel ashamed of the things that you've done. Imagine you can go through life not feeling ashamed of the things that was done to you. Imagine you can live completely shame-free in your relationship with God. Wouldn't that be amazing? However, the enemy's tools are the same, and he loves to use shame, especially on us as believers, because what he does is he separates us from God. And the enemy would love to separate you from God, because when he does that, then you start to look for other things to fulfill you or to cover you. So all of a sudden, these plants look amazing to cover yourself. But can I ask you a question? I'm going to just disappear for a little while. Tell me if you think I've disappeared. Can anyone see me? Oh, you guys. Oh, wait, sorry. Now you guys can't see me, right? Oh, oh you guys can see me. Oh, the problem with God is He's everywhere and He can see everything. And what Adam and Eve thought they're doing is they're hiding from God. And in the cool of the day, like he would always come and spend time with him. He's saying, Adam, where are you? And they get scared because all of a sudden they feel ashamed. How many of you have tried to hide from God because of something that you have done? You don't have to put up your hand, but I know that it's true because the enemy uses the same tricks over and over and over and over again. He doesn't have new tricks. And this one is so old, it originated in Genesis with the first two people that ever lived. So you know what he's learned to do? Become even better at that. And even right now in this room, some of you have come because you would like to be set free from shame, yet you don't believe that you can. Because it's holding you back. There's a burden of shame because of something you've done before. Maybe something you did when you were 12 years old that still haunts you today. Maybe something happened to you as a little child and you feel ashamed of it. And you continue to live with restrictions and boundaries. And when people come into your life, you are always guarded based on what happened to you. Maybe something happened last night. You drank a little bit too much and you woke up this morning and your eyes were a little bit more red than usual. You didn't feel so good and you're carrying shame. Maybe in your marriage you did something that you're not proud of and all of a sudden you now carry shame. 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 Shame on you. Have you heard that confession? People say shame on you. And they put shame on you. We as South Africans love the word shame. Ach shame. Ach shame. We see a new child get born, and we're like, oh, shame. 
shame. It's a yokent. It's like, what does that mean? You're confessing shame. Come on, if, if you're Afrikaans and you've done that before, just let me see. Okay. So we're kind of helping this whole idea along. Oh, shame. It's like part of our conversation. We're just pushing shame. Shame. Oh, shame. We say it for everything. The, the, the petrol price has gone up. Oh, shame. The president is talking tonight at eight. Ooh, oh, shame. <laughs> the truth is the enemy doesn't have any new tricks. Say that. The enemy has no new tricks. I want to explain to you the meaning of shame for a moment, at least one of them. It's a feeling of humiliation caused by foolish behavior. Feeling of humiliation caused by foolish behavior. How many of you have heard that sin separates us from God? Who's heard that? Come on. How many of you have been told that sin separates you from God? How many of you have felt that sin separates you from God? Okay. So this is one of the tools that the enemy uses. So when you've done something in your behavior that you're not proud of, the enemy comes and puts shame on you. He says, ach, shame. Ach, shame. You shouldn't have done that. But he doesn't do it in a nice way. He actually says, shame on you. And he puts that confession of shame on you, and you start to carry it. So when you're doing your thing in work, or you're going to school, or you're living your life, all of a sudden, you are carrying this idea of shame because of something you've done. Now, you might be here, and on the outside, you look perfectly fine. You look healthy, but deep inside, people don't know what you carry. That's the thing with shame, anxiety, fear, mental health. People carry stuff that you cannot see on the outside. And we just carry on with our daily lives. But the truth is, everyone is carrying something. And I don't know what you're carrying. I don't know what you're carrying, but I know that the enemy will lie to you and tell you that God cannot forgive you. It's better that you hide. So what we do as human beings is we try to hide from God for as long as possible. But you the more we do that, we realize that it's not helping anything. If you've sinned before or you've done something that has hurt your relationship with God, the truth is running away from Him doesn't make it easier. It makes it worse. Anyone here would know that if you have done something before that is illegal or something that you got away with, the more you do it, the more you get away with it, and the easier it becomes. So the enemy likes to push you away from God so that you feel like you actually got away with it because you don't have to confront it, and the feelings just keep getting more and more. And even if you're getting away with something, the truth is you start carrying a heavier load of shame. So... The Bible does say that sin separates us, but I want to read to you exactly where. It's in Isaiah 59 verse 2. And the Bible says, It's your sin that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, He has turned away and will not listen anymore. Because of your sins, God won't listen to you anymore. So now, I'm just reiterating what you're already feeling. So you're like, how much more can I hide? Isn't there a bigger tree? So this becomes not good enough because already your sin is so overwhelming and you haven't only done it once, you've done it twice and you didn't only do it twice, you do it every day. 
So you feel like, I'm not actually a Christian. How can I live a life that's honoring God? And then someone says, come to church, and you come to church, and you feel like a hypocrite. And the truth is, you feel that way because the devil put shame on you. So he says to you, you want to worship right now? Just remember, that hand is the hand that hit your wife. You want to worship right now? Remember, that same hand is the hand that steals. You want to worship right now, but that same hand is the hand that sends cuss signs. You want to worship right now, but that hand is the hand that has done very, very evil things. So you sit in a place like this and you feel condemnation. Shame comes upon you and you withdraw. You keep withdrawing, keep withdrawing. And the more you do that, you find yourself at a place where you think to yourself, I cannot do Christianity anymore. I've been there. Because the weight of my sin was too big. And I carried it every day of my life. Things that I did when I was 12 years old. Things I thought I got away with when I was 12 years old. Things that I saw when I was 12 years old. That started creating a pattern in my life of something I wanted lustfully. Because at school, people were showing me pictures of stuff that I'd never seen before. And the enemy said to me, oh, okay. You think you're a pastor. Remember what you've seen. Remember what you've done. How are you going to be a blessing to someone else? Imagine everyone knew what you've been up to. So we live in this place of shame and condemnation. And when everyone says to you, hey, your life looks great. They say that because of what they see on the outside, not because of who you are on the inside. And you keep carrying who you are on the inside. And that's the voice that speaks to you. I saw this thing on social media about people that took their life, suicide. And they show the photos of an hour, two hours a day just before they did it. And it's smiling faces. But deep inside, there's a raging war going on of shame. And if we can't talk about this, about how you can get free from this, the enemy will use it to take you deeper and deeper and deeper. And you will not be set free from shame by continuing to let the enemy put shame on you. It's like putting fire on fire. It doesn't kill fire. And tonight I believe that many of you will hear what God has to say in this passage. How many of you have pets? A dog? Okay. How many of you have ever shouted at your dog? Okay, it's like the weirdest thing. I've got a little Yorkie, and um, when I shout, he goes, Arr! he drops to the floor, and he looks. And he's awaiting punishment if he knows he's done something wrong. If he knows he's done something wrong, he's waiting to be punished. Because he's expecting punishment for what he's done. How many of us do that? You do something, and you're like, Arr! And you wait. You become paralyzed. You don't move. That's a dog. What about a child? My kids sometimes do things that I'm not proud of. They know they've done something wrong. And if I catch them out, they come to me and I want to talk to them. But you know what? They never want to look me in my eye. They do this. Yes, Dad. I said, look in my eyes. They do a little bit and then they look away. I said, look in my eyes. I need to talk to you. 
because they want to carry shame, because the enemy says to him, you're a bad person. Not you've done a bad thing. You're a bad person. Many of us do bad things. That doesn't mean we're a bad person. And for those of you in this place right now, you're still battling this thing. You know, how am I going to overcome shame? Is this really going to work in 25 minutes, 30 minutes? Am I going to really be set free? Well, I believe if we understand the Word of God, which is the tools for us to live in this place of freedom, then we'll be able to let go of shame once and for all. The enemy is still using the same tactics now to make us hide from God. He's still doing it. He's doing it today. You know, that's why some people didn't come tonight. Because they felt ashamed. That's why some people walk away from their relationship with God. Because they feel shame. Shame is such a powerful variant that has mutated over the years. Because the enemy has had years and years and years to practice on people. You know, when I asked you right in the beginning, I said, well, you just share the thing that you're shameful with with someone else. And immediately it broke out in (laughs) awkward laughter. Because the truth is, if you really had to do that, you wouldn't want to be friends with them anymore. Can you imagine what kind of hurt you're carrying on the inside of you and what it's doing to you? Come on, for a moment, can you, can you just imagine letting go of shame? Who wants to do that? Well, I'm going to show you the keys on how to do that. Hebrews 12, verse 2. The Bible says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, disposing the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne. Remember, I read to you in the book of Isaiah, I said to you that sin separates us from God. You remember that? It was a flawed system. It was a flawed system. It doesn't work. Because if sin separates us from God, how can we ever come back to God? So we read scriptures like that and we've heard it time and time again. And we feel like because I've sinned, now God and I cannot walk in harmony anymore. I know of so many people that I've seen in our church that had a relapse, that drank a little bit too too much one night, that did something in their marriage, and all of a sudden they pull away from God, not because God stopped loving them, but because they saw themselves a certain way. And looking across this room right now, I see amazing people, and I cannot see the things you're carrying, but you still carry it with you. And when I read in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, that our sin separates us from God, I felt like, well, how do we get through this? How do I ever remove shame from my life? And that's when I realized in the book of Hebrews, the Bible says that Jesus paid that price on the cross. He paid for shame. We've heard that He pays for our sickness and our disease, so we can claim that. We've heard that He paid for our poverty. We've heard that he prayed for the things that we need him to do for us. But we don't know that he paid for our shame. So we carry it. So we carry it. So we feel like, well, I just have to carry this. This is just my lot in life. What if I told you that Jesus already paid for your shame? Let me rephrase it. 
What if I told you that Jesus already paid for your sin? You'll say, I know that. I believe that. So isn't it sin that separates us from God? Is it shame that separates us in our own mind from God? Is your shame linked to a sinful act you did? And now you're carrying shame for years and years and years because you don't know that God forgives shame. The Bible says that God will forgive us from all our sins, past, present, and future. It's almost like we can understand that, that God can do that, but we still want to carry the consequences. How many of you have ever asked God for forgiveness? And then 30 minutes later again for the same thing? Anyone? Or is that just me? And then the next day you wake up and you just want to make sure he heard you. But you know what happens in that moment? Something rocks your world. You don't make it out that month financially. The enemy says to you, you know why? You know why. It's because of that thing you did. And you're like, it's because of that thing I did. And shame comes back on you like a big black cloud. And you carry it. And you push yourself away from God. The Bible says that God will forgive us of our sins. Come on, put that scripture out for me. 1 John 1 verse 9. The Bible says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Say all. All. All, all. all means all. But the Bible says that my sin will separate me from God. Yes, the covenant is flawed in the Old Testament. So God sent Jesus to die on the cross because it didn't work. And Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill. Say fulfill. Not abolish. So Jesus is the answer to the problem of trying to hide away from Him. If you can set free yourself in your mind that you don't have to hide from God, it changes everything. I'm going to explain to you why. It's a scripture in Hebrews 4 verse 14. The Bible says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we possess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our times of need. God's made it possible for you to be set free. Set free not only of your sin, but of your shame. Now this doesn't rectify the consequences of sin. If you get drunk and you get caught and they put you in jail, it is what it is. If you cheat on your wife and, you, and she finds out and she gives you a broken nose... Is what it is. The 
the consequences of sin in the natural, in the flesh, people still work out and walk out. People can not forgive you for years and God's already forgiven you in an instant. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible where God says He will put your sins in the sea of forgetfulness. I think we find it hard to forgive ourselves. We find it hard to, for, to believe that God forgives us. I just imagine if we as believers can live from a place of knowing that we've been set free, being bold and confident in our relationship with God, not hiding like Adam and Eve. And when the enemy comes and he says, look at you, shame on you. You say, no, shame was hanging, hanging on the cross. Shame has already been nailed to the cross. My sin has already been nailed to the cross. And people say, if you preach a message of freedom like this, isn't it going to hurt the church? No, it's going to set the church free. These people are running away, hiding away, not coming to God, sidestepping God, trying to avoid God. But the truth is the only thing we do is we embarrass ourselves. We think God can't see us. He sees everything. He knows everything. There's some people in this room. I feel it so strong in my heart. Something happened to you. And you've carried the shame because of what someone else did to you. And you cannot forgive yourself and you can't move on because you keep feeling like that should never have happened to you. If only God was there. And I want you to know that living in shame is not going to change anything. But casting your cares and your burdens on Him because He cares for you gives you the ability to walk free. The only thing shame does is it plays with your mind, tells you you're not good enough, you're never going to be enough for God, and then He tells you that you shouldn't get involved. And if He can keep you from getting involved, He keeps you from growing. So He tells us as Christians that you're not ready yet because you're still walking things out. Instead of you walking it out with Him, coming, getting involved in a ministry, getting involved in a cell group, you say, I'm not at that place like someone else. But you're judging someone else based on the way they worship, not on what's going on on the inside of them. Because if you knew the shame they're carrying, you might think that you're actually better than them. Because how many of us in this room are spiritual people? We love God. Yet if everyone knew the shame we're carrying, it would be embarrassing. So the enemy says to you, don't get involved in cell group. Don't get involved in a team because you don't have anything to give. And what if it gets exposed? I came to God with so much sin. When I got born again at the age of 18, I came just the way I was. A drunkard, smoking every day of my life, two packets of cigarettes, swearing like a fisherman. Not Jesus' kind. Well, I think when they got to Jesus in the beginning, they were them rough guys. So I come to Jesus, and someone says to me, get involved. 
And immediately in my mind, I know I'm not good enough yet in the natural. But didn't the Bible say old things have become new? All things. So I got involved. I woke up every Sunday morning. I went to set up the church at five o'clock. And I would be around other Christians. And I would spend time with them. And I would start to grow. Because I was around people. And the enemy realized, no, no, no. We need to put shame on him to get him to withdraw again. So what happened, the one night I went out with my old friends. And I drank a little bit too much. A lot too much, actually. Let's be truthful, Judah. A lot too much. And I was the guy that always wanted to take my friends to church. Because I knew if I can just get them there, I didn't have the answer. But someone else had the message. But I woke up that morning and God, and not God, the enemy said to me, you won't be able to take someone to church because they were with you in your sinful act last night. You know what could have happened in that moment? I could have submitted to that feeling of shame. My friend could never have been saved. How many of you are living a less than life because you're allowing shame to keep you away from the things that God wants to do in your life? Shame has been paid for. Shame has been paid for. Say that with me. Shame has been paid for. Now say this. My shame has been paid for. Now say this. It's no longer my shame. Because Jesus paid for it. Whom the Son says free is free indeed. Free indeed. Will you be tempted again? Unfortunately, there's a scripture where the Bible says that at an opportune time, the enemy comes to see if your house is clean. And he comes back with 10 of his buddies. He's like, I remember that house. You know, the Bible gives us an example of someone that was tempted. Jesus. But he was without sin. And I'm not saying that you're not going to mess up again, but the quicker you can move from that place to getting set free, the quicker you can grow to your next level. And instead of the enemy telling you that you're a bad person, you remind him, no, I had a bad moment. Because if you think you're a bad person, then you're never going to do good things. And what the enemy loves to do is take the habitual sins in your life and carry that over you like a heavy black blanket. And the truth is, you've been set free. I want everyone to close their eyes for a moment right now. I believe God's about to do something so powerful right now. I want you to close your eyes. And think about that thing that the enemy has been telling you that it's your lot in life. You've got to carry the shame for the rest of your life. And remind the enemy today that Jesus paid the price. Ask for forgiveness. Ask God to remove that shame from you. Right now. You can feel people making that move right now. There's people watching online. I feel the release in the spirit as people are just letting go. The Bible says, cast your cares. Your cares upon the Lord. I see people doing it all over right now. 
in the campuses, online, in this room. I see burdens lifting. I see people being set free. I see shame going. Now open your eyes and look at me. The next time you go through something and the enemy wants to put shame on you and fear and condemnation, you say to him, I'm set free. And when the enemy tries to tempt you to do something that you've done before time and time again, remind him that you've been set free. So that thing no longer has a hold over you. I believe that the enemy is going to try again, but I believe that even tonight, because you know you've been set free from the shame, you've also been set free from the act. You've been set free from the addiction. You've been set free from the habitual thing that you've been doing because you realize that Jesus paid the price. The Bible says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. No condemnation. And the last thing I want to leave you with today is this. The Bible says, don't cast away your confidence, for in it is a great reward. And then he says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Bold and confident. Bold and confident. Say bold and confident. Say, I am bold and confident. I am forgiven. I'm set free in Jesus' name.